0: If you have your Bibles today, turn with us to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. I pray everybody believes. The word believe is used in the Old Testament and it means trust. My prayer this morning is you believe in a man and a Savior called Jesus. Because it's life changing. Once we accept Him and we, uh, as our Savior and we make a commitment that we're going to follow Him through our lives, our lives start to change. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Moses, and I want to give you a little background before we start the message today. Moses is talking to the children of Israel. He's rehashing some things that had happened 40 years before. And what that was, they had an opportunity to go into the promised land. This was God's gift to them. He had promised it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob. And they had, they had been slaves in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. And God in His wisdom and in His glory and in His might sent about 10 plagues to, uh, uh, to, so Pharaoh would agree with him finally. And the children of Israel had walked across dry land when the Red Sea was parted. And they had to come to the Mount Horeb and they'd been given the law. And now they, uh, Moses is saying, I want you to remember this now. It's good sometimes for us to remember where we've been. It helps us focus on what's important in life sometimes. And so Moses is saying, you remember 40 years before, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, your mothers and daddies, and they all died in the wilderness. They got a picture of what the promised land was, and it was beautiful. It was a land of milk and honey. But all they saw, the t- uh, uh, ten of the spies, all they saw was the giants. Be careful, Christian. God's got something for you this next year. Amen. And the only thing that will keep you from getting it is a giant that you uh, put in your mind. And he told him. he said, uh, two men decided that they would agree their name was Joshua and Caleb. And at the end of the story, as we might say, Joshua became the leader of Israel and Caleb got the land that God had promised uh, through him by Moses 40 years before. And the land that he had picked was the mountain area where the giants were and he was 80 years old. God wants you and I to have something this year. He wants each and every family to get something special from Him. From him. And He's going he's to put it out there. And all we're going to have to do, and I'm going to share with you in a minute, sometimes we have to fight for what God gives us. We got in our churches today where we say, Praise the Lord, we're going to go to a church for an hour on Sunday morning and God's just going to bless us and we're going to be so special and we're going to be so strong and, and everything's going to go good the next year. You better watch out. Because sometimes you and I have to make a commitment to God that we're going to fight for every promise God gives us. Because the giants are going to come. And they're going to look awesome. And they're going to look like there's no way you can defeat them. But we miss the point sometimes. We don't get from God what God wants us to have. Because we forget that God is stronger than the giants. And when God promises me something, it belongs to me. Write it down. It's going to happen. All I have to do is believe. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me let me uh, share the scripture. If you'll stand with us, please. Deuteronomy chapter one, verse uh, I mean, yeah, chapter one, verse twenty-one. It says, "Behold," when you see the word "behold" in the Bible, it's an intention getter. In other words, I need to stop, and I need to look at this verse. Because there's something in it. Now, there's something in every verse. But every once in a while, God puts that behold in front of it. Because it's special. And it says, The Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Now, that word set there means to uh, arrange. It means to place. It means to position. It means to establish. So while Moses is just telling them, look, God has already established it, put it there, arrange it, it belongs to you. Now remember that as we go through the message this morning. God's got a blessing for you this year. He's got a blessing for your family. He's got a blessing for this church. And the blessing that He gives us, when well, we accept it and, and the challenge that comes with it, then we'll never be the same Christian again. In other words, we'll start to grow. And at the end of next year, we'll look back and say, you know what, I didn't know I could grow that much in a year. And then he says, uh, go up and possess it. And that possess it means fight for it. God said I could have this. This belongs to me. It's written in, in, in the annals of my life. And God says that I need to go up and I need to fight for it. Folks, we're in a battle. The devil ain't going to let you have anything just free. Now, God answers prayers. I don't want anybody to get this wrong. God answers prayers and all those things. But sometimes, folks, we got to lay down the gauntlet we got to say to Satan, I don't care what you say. I don't care what the world says. I know what my God says. And my God said, this is my blessing for me and my family. And I don't care what you say or do. I'm going to step out and I'm going to give it. Get it. Now listen, there'll be days when you do that that you think, whoa, I wish I hadn't have done that. But you got to get to the end of the story. We want to read we want to skip over, read the first, and we don 't ever read the last it says, If thy fathers have said unto thee, listen, the promised land had been it promised for a thousand years or more. it wasn't something new. Fear not don't go through life fearing what somebody else or what the devil thinks, they don't enjoy nothing anyway. The devil ain't going, he's going to hell and, and, and Christians that that uh, are jealous of what you got, they're not going to have a very good Christian walk. Then it says at the end, neither be discouraged. Lord Jesus, we love you so much this morning. We praise you for being our Savior and our King and our Lord. And we pray today, Lord, as we go through this message, that we'll say those things that you've given us to say. Help us for me to recall it to my mind. We love you for your honor and glory. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. I'm going to rock the boat a little bit this morning, okay? Brother George gets back off vacation, you can tattletale on me. I'm going to rock the boat. Okay? Guys, let me share something with you. This message is for you. Now let me put a disclaimer on what I'm about to say. The man is the priest that God has put in his family. He answers to God for what happens to his family, what direction they go in in, or going in, how spiritual they are, what their prayer life is like, how they read the Bible, everything that The the man has put... Now, I'm going to say this. We could not, me and Brother George, and he'll agree with me, we could not run this church without the ladies. Okay? Okay. And a, and a wife is supposed to walk beside her husband and not behind him. Okay. And so they become one. And God has put the man... Ladies, you can argue with God, and that's okay... But you'll have to just argue with him. The man is put at the head of the house. He's a spiritual leader. He's the priest. Okay? Now, I said that. Guys, let me share something with you. This year, God's going to bring you something for you, your family, and this church. And he's going to lay it in front of your life. And the Holy Spirit's the one who's going to do the speaking to your heart. And you may look at it and you may say, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if that's possible. And I wish God's people would get out of this notion that they can't do things and the things that God does are uh, are impossible. Because all things are possible through God. Okay? And so, you as a man have a responsibility that you're going to lead your family into the position that you can accept and that's reading the word beholds there it's going to come grandpas great grandpas hey I'm going to get to be a great grandpa now fathers fathers to be whatever if you're a man in this service today and you have a family God's going to lay something in in front of your life Now, here's what you're going to have to do You're going to have to move it out of the way, or you're going to have to walk around it. But you won't be able to walk through it until you accept what God has for you and your family this year. And what the... I want us to go back a little bit. What happened to the children of Israel was... that the the men that they sent for spies came back and said, we can't do it, and everybody over the age of 20 died in the wilderness. The reason that we have so many ups and downs in our family, in our churches, in our lives, men, is because we piddle-paddled around in the wilderness too much, and we don't get our mind set on what's the most important thing, and that is your family. And nextly, that is your church. Now we're going to get that opportunity. And God's going to give it to us. And we're going to have to make the decision. See, they wanted the promised land. I mean, they were were ready to go. Because God was going to take care of everything. But here's the kicker. They wouldn't go up and fight for it. And there are things in your Christian life, guys, and in my Christian life, that we're going to have to fight for it. I don't want to get too deep in it, but listen. The reason we have so many problems in our families today is we won't fight for what is right. We just kind of go with the flow. Just do, just let the family can go any direction it wants to and here's what's going to happen I'm going to carry him to church for one hour preaching on Sunday morning and everything's going to be okay we're going to make it our name's written in the, uh, on the church roll we're going to make it you believe that then you're believing de- the devil's lie because it don't, if you just come to church one, one hour on Sunday morning you've got a fight on your hand and you and I need to realize, guys, that we have to fight for everything that we think is important in life, in, the, in the, our lives, family. And the children of Israel So no, we don't want that. We've got to fight for it. Now, remember what God said in that verse. I'm going to give it to you. It belongs to you. I'm going to show you how to fight. I'm going to bring down the walls of cities. I'm going to do so many things that you'll never really understand how powerful I am because the way I'm going to do it. And they said, nope, God. We'll give up the milk, the land of milk and honey for the wilderness. We'll give up the clean, uh, clear water for the desert. We'll give up the trees and, and the homes and everything for a tent out in the desert on the backside." Of life. And there are too many of God's people who've made a decision that they want to live in the wilderness and not in the promised land. And every blessing, now, the promised land is not heaven. We mistake it sometimes. Oh, the promised land is heaven. I'm going to make it. No, the promised land is here and now. The day I was saved, God told me, He said, your, your salvation is, is done. Now, you need to work out your own salvation. In other words, I have to be a part of that. God wants me to go to work. God wants me to believe what His Word says. God wants me to spend my time in t- uh, talking to Him. God wants me to put one thing right behind Him. Uh, importance. And that is my family. And if I don't do that, I'll be like the children in the desert. Too many young people are growing up without parents, mamas or dads. Too many young people are living their life where nobody knows really what's going on in their life and the world is trying to dictate to them how they should live their life. Now, children, let me share something with you. If you've got a daddy that cares enough about you to check in on what's going on in your life, then you let him. Because it's important. Now, why do we uh, get to where uh, we're not fighters? The first one, too many of us are spiritual dabbers. We'll dabble here and we'll dabble there. We'll read God's Word uh, uh, this week, next week we won't. We'll just go through life and hope everything's going to be okay. I had a, a friend one time in that spiritual labor to do anything without earnest effort. I had a real good friend one time. He could weld, he could build homes, he, could, he was a mechanic, and he died poor. He could have been a millionaire, but the reason he wasn't was he liked to dabble in things. Something he saw in front of him changed his outlook, and that's what's happened to a lot of Christians today. We'll just dabble with God an hour on Sunday morning. We'll just dabble maybe two three times a year. We'll go to Sunday school. Maybe we'll show up here and there for a little singing that they're having down at the church. I don't want to get too religious. Because I've discovered if I get too religious and I start to do the things God wants me to, then God wants me to do more. And we've never figured out that the reason God does that for me is because that's what's important for me. And He wants me to grow. He doesn't want me to stay the same. And let me throw something out for free. If you're going through something in your Christian life and God's whooping on you, you need to realize you're staying in that place too long. God's got something else for you to do. And He ain't going to let you stay there. God has a blessing for your, you and your family. Don't become short-sighted. Focus on the obstacles. I didn't learn that until I was 25 years old. I messed up more than... I bought more stuff than people could put back together. I put it that way. Because I focused on the obstacles, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not a good enough Christian to do that. Nobody cares th- about that. And so I dabbled here and I dabbled there, and in my Christian life wasn't what, what it's supposed to be. And so I'm going to work one day, and this elder lady, about 70 years old, 65, whatever, she's neighbor. She comes out the door and I'm headed I didn't live but a block half from where I worked she comes out the door and she's standing in the middle of the street and she's looking in my direction and I'm thinking to myself, oh here this old woman is again I can't get around her and she told me she said Doug you're cheating yourself and you're cheating your family and you're cheating your kids your place is in the house of God your place is where you can get a connection with what God wants you to do in your life. And I had to stop and listen to it. And I had to admit that she was right. And I made, I made a different change in my life. Now, have I always been perfect? No, I haven't. Have I dabbled sometimes? Yes, I have. But the once I found what God wanted me to do, I've been excited. I'm 69 years old, and I'm just excited today as the day I surrender to preach. Amen. God has. Don't let the world and Satan keep you guys from what God has for you this year. It's coming. It's coming. The second one is a compromiser. In other words, he just compromised in his life to expose to risk. Sometimes you have to risk things. We can't compromise with the, with the world and be the church or the Christian or the father that we're supposed to do. They'll, they'll brainwash us. They'll brainwash our family. They'll turn everything opposite. Who in the world would think a man from South uh, Louisiana uh, with a beard that long would stand up and say, this is what I believe. You and I can't compromise with the world and we can't compromise with Satan because the first time we take a step in that direction, Coming back is twice as hard. I have to stand up for what I believe. I believe in a Savior called Jesus Christ. I believe that He died on a hilltop called Calvary. I believe that, he, that His blood washed me as white as snow. I believe that I'm going to have a home in heaven. I believe that I'm a trial of God and God loves me. Now how do I know that? Because I believe what God's Word says. Yeah. And I can't do that if I'm a compromiser compromise always is subtle well it feels okay I mean I can do it this time one time and it won't hurt anything I can get by with it this first time I know God doesn't want me to do that I know if I do that that I'm going to take a step backward in my Christian walk I know that if I do that, I won't feel the urgings of the Holy Spirit. It'll it'll get a little fainter and fainter. And I don't hear His voice. I know that, but I'm a strong Christian, and I can take that one step. And everything's going to be okay. I'm going to say something. I want everybody to take it right, and I especially want Tim to take it right. I love him because he tells it like it is. Okay? That's a man who is living his life for God. And once we take that subtle step this way, guess what? The next step's easier. It's not harder. And, guys, let me share something with you. Once you start taking those steps, Compromising your beliefs about about your Savior. Compromising what His Word says. And compromising uh, uh, your prayer life. And you just keep on compromising. Pretty soon you're just... Way over here, and you're sitting in church on Sunday morning, and everybody's praising the Lord, and you're sitting there with a frown on your face and you're thinking to yourself, "How in the world did I get to the place where I can't even come to god 's house and worship him because my heart and my life is so stirred up that i and I walk so far away from God that I got to I can't get back. Yes, you can. Get on your knees and tell God, God, I'm not compromising not one more time about my faith. Will it make people mad? Sure it will. Truth hurts. That's what my mama always said. It hurts sometimes. It diverts us from the right, the right attitude. You know the reason people sit in church with a stinking attitude? Because they've compromised. How in the world can a saved child of God come to God's house? Now they're saved. They've been washed in the blood and it's come by grace. And they and experience a love of Christ in their life and salvation and sit in God's house with a big old frown on their face. Uh, 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 they look like that they shouldn't be here. Their heart's so stirred. I learned years ago as a pastor, don't ask people how they're doing. <laughs> and especially people who are frowned up. How in the world can a child of God not smile? Amen. I can't understand that. Maybe sometimes I, have, I go a little bit too far on uh, what I do. I kissed a man last Sunday. Boy, I know I'm in trouble now. In front of the church. I can't deny it. Somebody probably got a picture of it off their cell phone. You know. I'm, you know but I don't care. I kissed him and I smiled. I'm having fun. God's people ought to have fun and they ought to have fun in the right way and we should not compromise what Christ has given us. Now here's the last one and we'll close. Somebody said, Brother Doug, you're preaching today? I said, yeah. Ooh, we're going to get out early today. next next time you see me with a tie on you might ought to run out the door because I'm going to fix me up a two hour sermon no I've learned a long time ago say what God has given you to say say it and move on the third one is a soldier who fills the gap look at uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter they're going to pull it up there for you uh, chapter 22 verse 30, it says, And I sought for a man, doesn't say women, guys. I sought for a man among them that would make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. If I'm a child of God, I'm a soldier in the army of the living God. And he's got a place for me to stand in the gap. In other words, I'm feeling something. You know what my place is? I'm the father of my family. I'm to stand in the gap and I should be the soldier that when something comes at the family, I'm going to step up, not my wife. But I told her one time, I said, you know what the Bible says? Me and you are uh, become one when we get married she said yeah I said next time a battle comes you just come on with me to stand in the gap and say no no This is not the way God wants me to live. And God's got a blessing for me. And God's got something for me this next year that I want because I know in it I'm going to grow and experience God in in a great way. I've got a new revelation coming from God. And it belongs to me. It's got my name on it. And I'm going to stand here in this gap. And I'm going to fight for it because God says it belongs to me. And I'm not going to give it up to the world and I'm not going to give it up to Satan because it is mine will you stand in the gap guys oh the fight will get tough sometimes US Marine Corps says we're there looking for a few good men and God's looking for a few men who will stand in a gap that will make up the hedge that will keep the enemy out of his family because God's got something more important for them to do. Gap is some place where error and falsehood have crept in. Now I don't want you to be a, a button down daddy, but I, you, we need to understand something. If I'm the head of the family, if I'm the priest of uh, my family, then I, when error comes in and, and those things that uh, start to creep in, they're not right, I need to step up and I need to be the one that says, No, not mama. I need to step up and say it. This is not the way God wants it done. And I'm going to fight for it. Satan is working overtime. He doesn't want you and I to have the blessing God has for us. You believe he wants you to have God's blessing? No. Forty years in the wilderness... Now, I want you to get this. Forty years in the wilderness, and the Israelites were still in bondage. Still. They had passed it down to their children. Moses is having to remind them of what God said about the Promised Land. Are you in bondage today? Are you a child of God who who comes to church, will show up, but you're still in bondage to, to the world? That God has something special for you and your family, but you still got too much world in your life that you can't accept what God has for you? They were still in Egypt. Forty years out of Egypt and they were still in Egypt. See, in Egypt they were told what to do. In Egypt they couldn't think for themselves. In Egypt they were below what they should have been. And you see, that's what the world wants to tell you and I. That's where the world wants you and I to live. It's in Egypt, still in bondage they had been loved by God they had been saved by God they had been led by God and they had been fed by God and God's special gift to them was a promised land and guess what it was for their taking but they couldn't, they couldn't grasp it two men made it right Ten men were wrong. And the ten men caused for the people to live in bondage for 40 more years. Guys, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what's going through your mind. I don't know where you're at uh, in your life. I hope you're at a place where you're in love with, with the Savior. I hope you're in a place where you've given your life to Him and you've committed it to Him. I hope you're one of the two and not one of the ten. Because here's what's going to happen. This year, God's going to come to you and He's going to say, Behold. You'll see it. You'll know that it's from God. And He's going to say, Behold. Behold. This is for you and your family. And I made this special before the foundation of the world. Now, think about that a minute now. And I brought it to you, and this is going to help your family to draw closer to me, to experience something new, and to grow. You've got a choice to make. You can say, God, I'm still in bondage. I'm still in Egypt. Wait 40 more years. But here's the deal. You may not make it 40 more years. Just like they did. not They never saw what God had for them. Because they wouldn't go up and fight for it. Will you? Will you? As Tim comes. And Tim's going to sing the special this morning. I want you to listen to the words as he sings it because I've asked him to sing. And he graciously done it. But daddy's I don't know where you're at today, but I'm going to share something with you. Two days will be 2014. I'm not telling you to, but I'm encouraging you to bring your family to this altar and make a commitment to God. God, I know it's coming. I know it belongs to me, and I'm going to get ready for it today. Because if you wait till it comes, you won't take it. Will you come as he stands?